the afternoon delight on an afternoon that is not very delightful here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Some breaking NFL news. Doug Peterson just fired as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, boy. Uh, You'd think they got a bad in Pittsburgh. What a mess that organization is there across the Commonwealth. But, of course, we're talking all things Steelers today. Who better to discuss what we saw last night than our good friend of the show from DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked On Steelers podcast. It's Chris Carter here with us, as he's kind enough to do every Monday during the football season. Carter, buddy, I... (laughs) I don't even know where to start from last night, so I guess I'll just ask, the hell, man? <laughs> That's kind of where you got to go if you're a Steelers fan right now. You're sitting there thinking like, well, that sucked. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this this is a uh, – that's a – you know – that that's that's as bad as it gets all around, and you know it, it's kind of crazy. As I was talking about this um, Z9 PH on the guys Channel 11 after we did the final word, but I'm like, you know, if if they had been blown out by the Bills, it'd have been like, all right, well that sucked, but you know hmm. it, it, the Bills are really hot this year. If you had been blown up by the Chiefs, you're like, all right, that sucked, but hey, it's Patrick Mahomes. You, you lost to the Browns, and I, I know that the, I know that people are you know there's people that have been saying, oh the Browns are real. Like, I, I I still don't even think there's that good of a team it's just the Steelers just fell flat on their faces and the first play you come out you snap the ball over Ben's head uh and, and the guy who you're paying the most money to and the guy who you know you, you let rest last last week comes out and turns the ball over four times and there's a defense that you know you were hoping that if you gave some key players uh you know some important rest that they'd be able to come out and make some big plays for you none of it happened and uh that's that's the alarming part of this is that you, you know the the guys that you're that you're investing that you built this team around didn't uh, didn't didn't step up in that game. Um, so you know you got, you're asking yourself a lot of questions on this Monday. No, for sure, and and obviously I want to get into a lot of those particulars for uh, with you. I should say we'll talk about the defense, we'll talk about the coaching, but as we normally do in these football conversations, let's start with the quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. Chris, one, in your opinion, does he come back next year? And two, if he does, is this maybe just the start of the bleed out? You know, is, is it just going to be one long um, waste of time next year where the Steelers aren't very good, but they aren't very bad, and it's maybe just a, a farewell tour for Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, do you think he's back? And if he is, is this just the beginning of a slow process? Is this just delaying the inevitable rebuild for another year? I mean, ultimately, the, the, they, they've been rebuilding the team. They've been investing in young players to, to join the team and, and to look where they're going. But you look at what has to happen this year, and, and you know, everyone's been asking that since really the end of the first quarter last night um, was, is this the end for Ben? What do you do? You know, I've already been texted and asked, should they trade for Deshaun Watson uh, five times now? And um, <laughs> I, I, I think – before you even get to conversations as crazy as that one, before you even get to the just a simple, okay, what do you do with the cap? You got to sit down and you got to talk with Ben in your your post in your 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 you know end of season interview. That's like, hey, there have to be some wholesale changes here. For one, you know, it's obvious that you cannot make the offense go through him anymore. You know, that's what you've been – you tried to do that throughout the 2010s where you gave him the best running back in football, you gave him the best receiver in football, you gave him the best offensive line in football, you gave him really good number two options at both running back and wide receiver over the years, and the offense was never good enough to carry the team through the big games and win the big moments 
uh, in those situations. It just it never manifested. And this year, you thought, okay, well, you got rid of you know Antonio Brown and everything. You know, you're trying, you're you're letting Ben be the leader here, and. You know, for the for 10 games, he was the efficient Ben Roethlisberger. We said he needed to be. My thing was, you know, if Ben can limit the turnovers and, and make sure that he's just finishing drives, that's what's going to be key here. And, and he has to be able to see the field and take what defenses are giving him. And in this game, he didn't do that. And, I mean, he, and he started too late. But I just, it, you know, what the thing we were saying, you know, all last Monday when you had me on this very show, Wes, was – Oh snap! You know if Ben if Ben doesn't come, comes out in this game and doesn't throw the ball down the field early, and you know try to put points up on the Browns that have a beat up secondary, this is going to be a problem. And they did not come out and do that. And the first the first play is Ben's fault. That's that's all a pouncy and he's a whole other story. <laughs> but when you come out and I get eventually trying to run the ball, but you got to come out and announce you know announce your authority and presence. Be like, look. We got we got Chase Claypool, we got Juju Smith, we got all these athletic wide receivers. Your your secondary is not that good. You got to attack, and it took too late for them to even try that. And that's why I think the big problem is is that with Ben Roethlisberger in the driver's seat, that that can't be the thing anymore. If Ben's part of the future, if Ben's part of the future, he has to be a cog in the machine, and that's going to take a lot of reinvestment and a lot of work. Um, you know, I think the, I think Pouncey's got to go. You can't pay him the money that you're paying him for him to play this badly, even beyond the snap that went over Ben's head. He was getting bullied at the yep. line of scrimmage, and he's been bullied at the line of scrimmage a lot this year. Um, you let a player like Villanueva go. Um, you, you hope that maybe a Zach Banner comes back strong next year. Maybe Tricks of 4-4 can be you know, at least a stopgap player, but you got to invest in the offensive line either in free agency and or in the draft or in both and get yourself a playmaker-type running back at some point um, that's, uh, and, and Ben has to kind of accept the role. Like, Hey man, we're, we're not bringing back Feekner. We're looking at, we're going to try a new direction with the offense. You just have to be the kind of game manager quarterback that you don't necessarily manage. You're, you're not like Trent Dilfer here, but you're not, we're not making the offense go entirely through you. Like we've, like we've tried to, to give when we gave you the keys. Chris Carter with us here on the afternoon delight. All of our Steelers guests this week on ESPN Pittsburgh brought to you by your neighborhood Ford store. Is that realistic though, Chris? You know, I I was talking about this with our buddy Adam Crowley last night, the balance of drastic changes versus minor tweaks coming into this season, right? Um, Is is it realistic that if you're going to come back for one last hoorah with Ben, that you're going to try and replace Randy Feetner and bring in a new offensive coordinator for his last year? And maybe on top of that, Chris, if – if the quarterback's back and the head co- if the quarterback's the same and the head coach is the same and, and the coordinators are the same, can you really have change? Like Adam and I disagreed on this last night because he said, "Well, look at it. Villanueva's probably going to be gone. Juju, James Conner, Bud Dupree. Mm-hmm. You've got some question marks around Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton." And I said, "Hey, yeah, that that's a fair point, and that's change certainly." But but if if they come back, Chris, with Roethlisberger, Tomlin, Butler, and Feekner, to me that represent like you you can't possibly have drastic changes if you come back with those four names. Does that make sense? And, and do you agree? It, it makes sense. the The things that I'm I think I'm willing to say like okay, I see where these changes can happen. The offensive scheme and identity has to go because the scheme and identity was built around Randy Feekner, who was again that's Ben's guy. Well, you know we can. You know, we, we could throw out any, like, you know, anything else. That, that was Ben's guy. He wanted him at OC, and Randy designed the offense to entirely go through him. 
Um, and that that's where the, that's why the Steelers are were offensive what they were this year when they were throwing the ball down the field and Ben was was seeing the field it worked when Ben wasn't seeing the field they were a dud um, and uh, you know that's 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 where that's led to but I, I think you need if you're going to move in a new direction this and this is part of the closed door conversation to say Ben you know we're you know we're, we're more than willing to have you if you're willing to be part of what's next here. But this offense has to go through changes. You know, you still got the playmaker wide receivers. James Washington, um, you know, I think he was even showing in that game. The, the, guy, the guy's a fighter. He goes in there. You can still, you know, give him some shots as a number three option. Claypool and Johnson could still be a really good one-two punch. I just, I think that Juju, you know, he's not going to be, he's, he, he, can get, he can get a big deal contract somewhere else um, and go there and, and do what he's doing. Um, you know, but I look at those playmakers. This team needs to reinvest into the offensive line, um, and it's funny. I don't think it's as I don't think they need to get you know three superstars at the offensive line, but if they get a decent center, that's a guy who can just do the job at an adequate level without getting blown up in the hole and occasionally win. And if Kevin Dotson can carry on from what he did this year, and then you invest somewhere in uh, in the offensive line, whether it's Leatherwood from Alabama, offensive tackle. Or, you know, maybe if you feel that the cash room needs more and you get another star guard there, or if you get, you know, it, it, I think there's, there's places where if you get, you know, if, if you get a, a decent center and, and, uh, and an offensive and, and one more offensive piece, offensive lineman piece out of the draft or free agency, you're looking at, you know, maybe an offensive line that can run block a lot better. And then you need to get a playmaker running back because James Conner, as much as a great story as he is, he's not the supreme playmaker. He's an average running back. And uh, you, and uh, you can't live with that when you're going to become with a balanced mm-hmm. offensive look. But that's where the Steelers need to go with this. If they're um, if Ben's sticking around, you're close. He's like, hey man, you know we can't afford to pay you this money. I'm not saying give a pay cut, but there'd be ways to finagle your way around that. I think we one way you could give him a sort of artificial extension. Be like, hey, we're signing you to an we're signing you to an extension where basically twelve or however many million dollars are moved down the line, but you know, it's all guaranteed, so it's still there. But at the same time, you're alleviating cap space in 2021, moving it to 2022. And if you want to play in 2022 and we feel that you give you around, we'll see that then. But we need space now. And if you want to play, this is what has to happen because you can't be the $40 million quarterback. You're just not playing at that level. You're not Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or, you know, even, even you know, Josh Allen and all, all the other quarterbacks are in the yeah, playoffs. Deshaun right Watson, so, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. So um, I, I look at that, and I, I, you got to sit down and have that honest conversation with Ben. If he doesn't want to be part of that, then that's when you start to say, okay, <laughs> well, maybe you got to move on from him. But I, I think Ben would be willing to work with that because he wants to, he wants to stay in Pittsburgh where he's been comfortable. Um, he'd want to make the rest of the money in his contract. Mm. And I, I think he works something out there. But the big thing is he, he has to be willing to reinvest in how the offense works um, and that's that's going to be the changes, and, and I think part of it also is a new offensive coordinator. Defensively, I, I think that they still got that they might have to ask answer themselves some tough questions at the cornerback position, um, because you know you, you got both Hayden and Nelson making fourteen million next year. Um, I, I think Hayden can still be a good number one and still be a good leader at the position, but if you but you know you're looking at the money you're spending there, Wes. I'm not so sure. That like you know you you might want to try to find some cap space there, but I'm not so sure if you let Hayden go, 
you know, can Nelson be a good number one? I don't, I, don't, I think he's a, he's a solid number two, but not a good number one. And then uh, if you let Nelson go, Hayden, you know, is up there. So then you're really, you know, banking on now you need to hit on a cornerback in the draft because you need to build for the future um, there. So um, lots of questions there, but I think defensively you still got to ask where the heck did this group go that was creating sacks and turnovers at an extremely high level late in the season. Now, part of it, I think, in this game, Wes, of course, the Browns turned the, you know, got, got a lot of turnovers early, sure. and that put the defense behind the eight ball. And then Baker Mayfield never needed to hold on to the ball. There was never once, you know, not only pressure from the blitz in this game, but there was never once pressure from the Steelers to say, hey, Baker, you better convert in this play or, you know, the next yeah, He didn't have to do anything, down. Chris. I mean, he literally, Baker Mayfield had probably one of the easiest games he's played all season. I mean, they they, they yep. jump out to that lead, and then they were able to insulate him in that offense the, the whole rest of the way. Yep, yep. And, and that's and that, and that's the bottom line here, you know. And that's you know, I know everyone's talking about oh, the, you know T.J. Watt was a ghost, and he you know he, maybe he's a fraud. I'm like, no, the, the Browns were able to neutralize it because like, hey, we're going to run screens, we're going to run the ball, and then we're going to run play action, just get the ball out of Baker's hands before you can even get to him. There was never a point where the Browns said, man, if we don't convert this third and twelve, we are in a lot of trouble. That never that <laughs> right. never happened. So and and that's when the Steelers pass rush has come through is when you force them into those situations where they need to throw the ball down the field, they need to let you know a route progress, and your pass rush can get to work. And that just when that doesn't happen, you're not getting the pass rush. But I still think you got to look at the defense and say, man, you know, how are you gonna how are you gonna move forward with with your guys? You think that Devin Bush coming back would be huge? You got to ask the question as far as. You know, is Alex Highsmith really the guy? Then you, if he is, you've got to invest in another backup edge rusher. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of lot of questions to, to be had to be had there. And I, I do think, as much as I've been a Keith Butler, let's wait and see until when he has his guys how he did. And I thought last year he acquitted himself well. I feel like this playoff performance was rough for the defense to get caught up in some of the situations that it was in. Man, touched on them all there. The offensive issues, Ben Roethlisberger, the defense, yeah, Chris Carter, folks. I mean, he's pretty good at this stuff. So, so with all that, with all that in mind, then, right, Chris? We talked about, yeah. and maybe that's something you know. In the coming weeks, you and I can spend more time on. Are the Steelers really going to do that tough love thing with Ben Roethlisberger and sit him down? And like, how, how realistic do we think it is for the Steelers to kind of hold Ben's feet to the fire in that regard? Uh, we could talk about that more and 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 how big of an impact the loss of Devin Bush and some of those things were with the defense. We'll get into that minutia more as the days roll along. With all that considered, though, everything that you just did a phenomenal job there of kind of touching the surface of, if you will, when the dust settles here. Uh, this week, next week, the NFL season is completed here in a few weeks in Tampa Bay with the Super Bowl in early February. Chris Carter, when the dust settles, priority number one for the Pittsburgh Steelers this offseason will be? Uh, to me, it's still the offensive line and necessarily figuring out what the path is here. Because here's the other thing. If Ben doesn't want to be part of that rebuild, then it becomes the quarterback. Because if he doesn't want to be part of that then you have to – they can't go into next season thinking, hey, if we just if we just draft Ben Roethlisberger, another second-round wide receiver, things will be okay. That, that, that's not the answer. Um, I, if, if Ben's willing to be part of it, you invest in the offensive line, you see what you can build there, you get yourself a new running back, and you see what you can build on the ground and make, make this a more balanced offense where Ben's throwing the ball 25 times a game, and you're confident in that because you're feeling like your rushing game is going to get going at some point. 
Um, and we've, we've seen young running backs pop up all over the league and really help offenses. You can maybe get that going. But when I look at, you know, the whole, you know, do you, you know, you know, if, if, if you keep, if you keep Ben around, if you don't, if you don't keep Ben around, who do you go get, you know, then you got to consider, all right, do you, do you see if you can move up in the draft and get a guy, um, you know, which, you know, we actually saw them move up in the draft just to get Devin Bush. So, you know, it's not out of the question. Of course, I don't think the Steelers would do that. Um, the crazy, the crazy, you know, you know, just out of this world scenario. Deshaun Watson. Would be, of course. Yeah, of course. Everyone's <laughs> asking me Deshaun Watson. The only way they get Deshaun Watson is if they trade TJ Watt and a first round draft pick and then maybe another piece with them to the Texans because the Texans are going to get everything under the sun. Yeah, there, there, there's, there's, there's just no – I mean, there's just, you know what I mean? Like, Moats and I got right. that question a few times today. There's just no – the Jacksonville Jaguars could offer me the first overall pick uh, to take Trevor yeah. Lawrence or Justin Fields, whoever I want, and their next two first-round draft picks as well. I'm not doing it. Deshaun Watson just turned 25. He's on a pretty friendly right. contract, and he's already proven as one of the best five or six quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, that's a non-starter for me, Chris. And then I think, too – like, I know a lot of people have said, all right, you got to cut bait with Ben, right? And then you go get a Matthew Stafford or you go get a Matt Ryan or, or somebody like that. Ugh. That's not realistic under the, the probably the yeah. salary cap constraints either unless those guys want to take just absolutely massive discounts to come play in Pittsburgh, which I don't see either of those things happening. No. I'm with you, man. Like, if Ben comes back next year, Chris, the first-round draft pick should be an offensive lineman. The second-round draft yep. pick should be a running back. Like, no questions asked to me. I know normally we don't like to speak in those amount of absolutes in sports because it's never that cut and dry. But for me, if Ben's coming back, it is because you're right. Priority number one becomes rebuilding the offensive line and giving him some semblance of a run game. Yeah, you got to get you got to establish that run game. And, and again, you know, you're looking at trying to build for the future, even beyond Ben Roethlisberger, because right. if you get you know, a guy that's going to hold the place. If say you establish a good ground game next year, but you lose in the, you go one and done in the playoffs again, or, or you just miss the playoffs, or you get close to the playoffs, and then Ben Roethlisberger is gone after that, then you're at least saying, okay, well, at least there's a new ground game, a young offensive line, because now you'll have Dotson, maybe another piece, and then the free agent that you bring in to you know to fill in on the line, and you're thinking, okay, there's something to build on there, and we still got some playmaker wide receivers on their rookie contract. Maybe something can happen there. But you're right. It, it, you know, under the current scenario, you, if you cut Ben, you're you're only freeing up nineteen million dollars in cap space. If you're realistically realistically talking about bringing in another, you know, veteran starting quarterback with that kind of pedigree, that cap space goes immediately to that, and then you can't use it for anything else. And if you're if you're going to another quarterback at this situation, you're, the whole point of this is to reinvest the team. The thing is, is that right. holistically, Wes. The Steelers haven't invested over the past decade in Ben Roethlisberger. They made him the, the highest played player on the team um, for a very long time. They got him his, you know, again, they got him Le'Veon Bell. They got him Antonio Brown. They got him several good secondary pieces over the years, whether it was Mark Davis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, D'Angelo Williams, you know, you know, playmaker after playmaker. And even now with Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and some of the guys, they keep investing to get him good targets to throw to. And you've invested in trying to make that happen. It didn't work, and that's where you have to acknowledge, like, okay, the time of investing in the pieces to make Ben better, gone. Ben has to be part of a, a new machine that you're building where you continue to invest in the defense, and now you invest in a ground game that if Ben's around, he's the passer that you trust to not make the big mistakes, and 
you know, catch the team off guard after the strength of the team, which needs to eventually become the ground game. I'm not saying that's going to happen overnight. Um, but that's where the investment needs to be, not making it around him because when they, when they did that, they failed. When they didn't do that, and the last two times they made the Super Bowl, Ben was absolutely an important part of the team, but he wasn't the – you know the financial focal point. You didn't you didn't invest all these pieces to you know find into these pieces financially around him. When you look at the when you looked at the salary cap back then, there was still defense and other places where you were putting the money at. Now I, I think that's where you have to go to unless there's some other huge move coming that's going to change everything. I think that's well said, Chris Carter. Reminder: all of our Steelers guests on 970 ESPN this week. Brought to you by your neighborhood Ford store. Uh, last one for you, buddy. Before I let you go. We got the sure. ev- we got the evil empire versus the evil empire tonight. It's like uh, it's like Darth Vader versus Palpatine. Bama, <laughs> Bama, Buckeyes. Who you got? Oh, man, it's tough. I-, I really think that Justin Fields is impressive right now. Um, I, but I have a hard time picking against Bama, man. They yeah, just, they they stack up so well across the field. I think Justin Fields will give you a really good game. Um, but. You know, Bama, they've got the ground game. They've got the weapons, you know, on you. They've got Devontae Smith. You know, they've got Sertain. They've, they've got just so many pieces around the board where you're just like, that's a lot to overcome for anybody. Um, so I'm going with Bama. I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State beat him. Um, Justin Field, I think, showed a lot of uh, moxie or toughness or whatever you want to call it in the way that he came back, in, you know, against Clemson. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm just I'm not sure if he can do that again with who Ohio State has right now to be Alabama. But hey, you know it would be. Uh, it, I, th- I think I think it'll be close and it'll be really entertaining. So definitely, if you're a football fan and especially if you're a Steelers fan trying to just knock off the stink of that, and I know it won't knock it off, but you can at least watch a game that doesn't involve you at all mm-hmm. and just be like, okay, let's let's hope for some good football tonight. Yeah, and hopefully this one won't be 28 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked On Steelers podcast. Find his work there. Hear him here every week. Partner, I appreciate your time as always. No problem. Thanks for having me on, Wes. You know it, buddy. You know it. Great stuff from CC. Love that guy. One of my favorite football minds in the city. Friend of the show. Friend in real life. Check him out on Twitter. Carter Critiques. His work. DK Pittsburgh Sports. The Locked On Steelers podcast. And, yeah, we'll be hearing more of, of Chris. I don't know if we'll be doing every Monday talking football throughout the offseason, but just so much that we touched on there that I do want to dive into deeper with him as the offseason rolls along. When we come back here, though, we'll finally get to some of your reaction. A lot of you guys have been hanging on the phone line, sending in tweets for the first 45 minutes of the show. We'll get to some of that reaction when we return. 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial if you want to hop in on the discussion. I'm Wesley Euler, and this is the Afternoon Delight on 970 ESPN.